never say die! Hello everybody and welcome to episode 272 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. (laughs) I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And what's the deal with people thinking that's the only joke Seinfeld ever did? I know, right? He had quite the uh, repertoire of lines. Well, I I think somebody actually once talked about how he never actually said the phrase, what's the deal with? Oh, it's kind of a play it again, Sam thing? Yeah. Or a Um, welcome to Earth thing? (laughs) Earth. Yes, so this week we are comparing Seinfeld, the TV show, with comedians in cars getting coffee. That was a very poor rendition of the Seinfeld theme done by Joel. Aww. That was that was a Seinfeld theme as played through a bubble pop recorder. <laughs> what? Bubble <laughs> video. <laughs> oh, you know man. you know the little flute things that make bubbles. You know. Wait. Yeah, everyone has toys. one of those in their home. Little kid? flute things. The kid toy. The kid's toy. It's for kids. Wait, I got a, I got a <laughs> no shit ton of them. I got a shit ton of used ones in the back of my van. I don't know what the fuck they are. Ew. What? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> when did you get a van? I don't have a van, and I'm also not a child molester, Joel. It was just down by the river. <laughs> down by the river. In your windowless van. If you like windowless vans. <laughs> and who doesn't? <laughs> you might like to listen to the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as... The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, featuring Joel. Hey. The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy. Yay. Hey. I almost said retired shows. <laughs> Tales from the Hard Side, and of course, the Red Dead Radio Hour. We're going to take that one out. <laughs> is, is Red Dead oh, dead? No, we got to take out retired shows. That's not the name of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. oh, By the dude. way, Mike, the, Mike you... the answer to your question is... Uh, PTOs. Pay time off? No, no, he he said who doesn't like windowless vans. I was gonna say Adam Walsh's father, but you know. Uh, I'm going to Natalie hell. Holloway. She doesn't like them. Well, if this is any uh precursor <laughs> to the West. <laughs> What's the deal with this? That? It's the serial killer show. Hmm. Ooh, new topic. Is there something there? No, uh, it's write not. That, write that in the show notes. No, ideas. don't write that in the show notes. You don't want to talk about serial Last killers? Minute for next week. <laughs> no, don't want to talk about that. Well, if you like serial killers, you might like to call us and complain then, which is at <laughs> 708 now wrap. That's 708 669 9727. If you want to hear some more of this crap, we're at uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and Podchaser. iHeartRadio. So, yeah. Why is everything sung in the tune of a Goldfinger now? Pat <laughs> Whaley. <laughs> we have derailed once again already. <laughs> and here we are. I think it's about that time. It is you mustn't touch. So <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with candy? It's in my van. All right, it is definitely about that time. New I candy. think so. This week in music, movies, 
and TV. And food. Says you. So yeah, so this week, the date is July 5th, 1989. The premiere of Seinfeld, which apparently was used to be called Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah, that's what the pilot was. Yeah. yeah. That's when an they awful filmed, title. <laughs> yeah, when they filmed the pilot, it was uh, just George, Kramer, and Jerry. And when it got picked up, they're like, yeah, you need to add a woman badly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so music. The number one song in the land was Back to Life, However Do You Want Me by Soul to Soul. Now we all have it stuck in our head. <laughs> right, that one? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Joseph John King, born July 5th, is an Jingle American Schmidt. songwriter <laughs> and guitarist. Ba, 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 ba. Boy, that, that hit the sweet that, spot. That, that caught me totally off guard. <laughs> he is an American singer, songwriter, and guitarist based in Brooklyn whose music has spanned several genres, including rock, reggae, dub, surf, and trip hop. His latest recording, I Miss Everything, was released January 31st, 2017. He currently fronts the brand Joseph King and Mad Crush and formerly fronted the bands Deadbeat Darling, Canvas, and Murder My Sweet. I have no idea who that is. I thought maybe you would. I've never heard of any of those bands. Um, anyone? Bueller? Uh, no. no. I got nothing. I wonder okay. if Katie have heard of him, might have heard They're of him. Windowless Van. <laughs> it's the Midas Touch. <laughs> Hide the pennies. All right. Rod Stewart is one of the best-selling artists of all time, with a career spanning five decades and record sales reaching over 100 million. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994 as a single artist and again as a member of the age group Faces in 2012. Uh Uh-oh. However, on July 5th, he had one of his least rocker moments. On that day, Rod Stewart hit his head on stage during a live performance and knocked himself the fuck out. Nice. I wish I, I mean, I don't know if there is. I didn't look. I didn't even think about it, but I would like to see video of that. If anybody would wanted to Google foo that. If you want to what it? Google foo. You've never heard of that? No. You've never heard the phrase Google foo? No. Wow. Huh. Is that like Alta Vista Quando? I don't know what it is. No, it's just a term, you know, and like, like you, I'll use my Google foo skills, you know, and. Wow. You've never heard that phrase? No, that's lame. Josh, have you heard that phrase? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very similar. If someone refers to themselves as like a Google ninja, same concept. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, it'll get to Rockford in about two years. I'll I'll I'll, I'll look it up on Alta Vista later. Um, <laughs> ask Ask Jeeves about it when we're on break. <laughs> <laughs> on July 9th, all four original members of the Monkees reunited in L.A. for a concert performance at the Universal Amphitheater. The following day, the quartet attended an induction ceremony at the Hollywood Walk of Fame, where they received a star. Ding. I have always liked the Monkees. Yes, me too. They have really good harmonies for just a crappy little pop band that was thrown together. I used to enjoy their show when I was a kid. I used watch it all the time. Yeah, I think it was on a really convenient time in syndication. Like, it was on after something. Because I remember watching it a lot. It was on after the uh, courtship of Eddie's father. People, let me tell you about it. We need to <laughs> come up with a reason to see that. No, no, we don't. No wonder I was such a fucked up kid. I used to love watching the courtship of Eddie's father when I was uh, when I was like twelve. I don't think I've ever seen it. It was a show about a man trying to bond with his son, even though he was divorced. Yeah, 
starring or, or, or widowed or whatever the hell it was but it was always very sad and they always had lessons but i loved it for some reason and, and that and simon and simon see this is telling you a lot about the you know i grew up those were the things i instead of playing you know play you know on the playstation or the genesis or whatever i was watching the courtship of eddie's father see here's the problem with that is that i watched the courtship of eddie's father but because bill bixby was the dad i kept expecting him to turn to the hulk <laughs> And was really disappointed every single time. You thought it was just a sequel. <laughs> I'm just like, man. Like, why he, he gets into an argument with his wife. He's like, why doesn't he just Hulk out? Yeah, man, Hulk out and save. You know, it's like just go All off for ice cream or shows something. Up, he rips off his arm. Do, 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 do. I do think for years I saw like the first 30 seconds of the intro to The Courtship of Eddie's Father. Because I think it was what was coming on TV as we were leaving for church. Like, I have a very clear image of only, like, the first half of the credits, and I've never seen an episode. It's like me and Dukes of Hazards with the, you know, my parents always going, bo- taking me. Boys. <laughs> I think we have definitely, definitely wandered into enemy territory here. We've gotten very derailed. All right. Moving, no harm. Moving on moving to on. movies. <laughs> the number one movie in the land was Lethal Weapon 2, which had just knocked off Batman. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of. Speaking of, on July 3rd, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton's Batman set the then record for fastest movie to sell $100 million in tickets on its 10th day of release. That's impressive, actually. I was there on opening night. I was in Korea. I don't know where I was. Probably shooting off fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nowadays, movies set $100 million in day one. Yeah. Mm. Truth. Franklin James Schaffner was born on May 30th, 1920 in Tokyo, Japan, the son of American missionaries. After being raised in Japan, he served in the U.S. Navy during World War II. He went into TV directing after, where he won several Emmys, but it was in film directing where he shined. He won the Academy Award for Best Director for Patton and is best known for directing Planet of the Apes, Papillon, and The Boys from Brazil, among others. He directed Maurice Evans, Charleston Heston, and Lawrence Olivier during his career. Schaffner died from lung cancer on July 2nd. That is quite a resume right there. That's mm-hmm. Sad he was absorbed. Impressive, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wonder if any of our li- listeners could still tell us who is absorbing all these people. I remember. Joel Osteen. See? Yep. I have a, a little meme I made of it, too. I think I think Pat, Pat he was fishing for some sort of, like, it wasn't a contest. I was just sort of curious if we hadn't told them the answer, if anyone would be able to tell us. Yeah. Well, the, let's see if they will know now. The first person <laughs> to call us and say Joel Olstein wins a pair of Patrick's panties. Ooh. I don't give those away lightly. That's because they're so fucking big. They're really heavy. <laughs> you got to chip them off the bottom of the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to ruin the, the game for you, Josh. I apologize. I, I, no, it was just curiosity. No. I was just happy that I remembered. I had to think about it for a second. I was first going to say God, and I realized, no, that's not right. That close. Yeah, just one of his, <laughs> one of his uh, CSRs. So, uh, TV? <laughs> I don't know where to take this. TV. All right. So 1989, of course, the top shows in the land are The Cosby Show, Roseanne, and Cheers. Um, Mel Blanc, American voice actor and comedian best known for Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons such as Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, and Porky Pig, died at 81 on July 10th. Beta, 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 beta. That's absorbed, folks. <laughs> oh, dude. 
Oh, the very talented Mel Blanc. Yeah. Did you no know care. he hated carrots? And he would do that. Bugs Bunny would bite the carrot. He'd do that. And they'd have a bucket next to him so he'd spit the carrots out after he was done. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Uncle Rico eating ham during Napoleon Dynamite. He's a vegetarian. I, Spitting it out after each take. John cries. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, he only he only ate steak. I don't think he ate the ham. So. Uh, anyway, regardless. Tegan Lauren Hannah Murray. She was born on July 1st, and she is an English actress best known for being in the teen drama Skins, for which she won a BAFTA and Gilly on Game of Thrones. Oh, I love Gilly. Yes, they, they did a really good job in Game of Thrones of making a ridiculously attractive woman sort of unattractive. I, did, I don't like Sam, so I don't really like Gilly because of it. She She's kind of caught in the crossfire. I haven't gotten too far into her character arc yet, She, but... I like her so far. I didn't like Book Sam, and I don't like Show Sam. I but know. I like Show Sam more than I like Book Sam. Book Sam, I just want him to fall off a cliff. Okay. <laughs> Every time I flip the page and see Sam at the top, I'm like, or Samwell, or whatever fuck the name Sam. Sam and I'm, just like, I'm just like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Poor guy is just trying to survive. Yeah. And he's going to have such a huge part to play in the whole series. I know that it's going to annoy me. <laughs> oh, spoilers. I'm not through this season yet. Yeah, no spoilers. I haven't watched anything yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't even talk about Sam. So like, Mitchell... Now I know there's a guy named Sam, damn God it. God <laughs> damn it. Can't watch it now. He's apparently awesome because Patrick hates him. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> no, but I also love Jamie. So, you know. Now I know two things. <laughs> so Mitchell Scott Hewer, also born on July 1st is also an English actor, also best known for being in Skins. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. He has also starred in Britannia High and the as the all-around talent Danny Miller. He has not been absorbed. Or in Game of Thrones. Right. Or absorbed in Game of Thrones. Exactly. Uh, James Gilmore Bacchus was an American radio, television, film, and voice actor. Among his most famous roles were the voice of Mr. Magoo, second lead on TV's I Married Joan, James Dean's character, character's father in Rebel Without a Cause, and most famously, Thurston Howell III on the 1960 sitcom Gilligan's Island. He also starred in his own show of one season called The Jim Backus Show. Also known as the acronym of the week, which is H O T W. Pretty sure that stood for How Old Testicles Work. <laughs> Are the same as young ones, just droopier? I'm just imagining Jim Baggis in stirrups now. <laughs> and yeah. we're here. Uh, no, that is Hot Off the Wire, which I have never heard of. Me either. I, I honestly didn't realize he did anything aside from playing Thurston Howell III. Oh, and come on. Mr. Magoo, I mean, you can... I didn't know they were the same guy. What? Oh. You didn't know that? Wow. No. Huh. Josh ate paint chips. So, but uh, <laughs> on July 3rd, Bacchus died of pneumonia brought on by complications of Parkinson's. Jesus. There's a one-two punch for you. Right. Can't even take your own meds because they just keep falling out of your hand. Sucks. You better hope that karma doesn't have like a big old thing coming right back what at you. It's been happening to him all this time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know I don't believe in karma. Believe why else would I? Why else would I say all the shit I say? <laughs> True, you got that going for you. <laughs> Moving on to sports. On July second, American jockey Steve Cawthon, 
won the Irish Derby on Old Vic to become the first rider in history to sweep the world's four major derbies, those being the Kentucky, Epsom, French, and Irish. I was not familiar with two of those. Kentucky, it's a state of the union. Yeah. Now I know three of those. <laughs> <laughs> on July 6th, ex-Phillies third baseman Mike Schmidt officially became the first retired MLB player to be named to start the All-Star game. However, he elected not to play. That's huh. a popular man. <laughs> you retire and still get elected to the All-Star game. That's funny. And then lastly, on July 8th at the Wimbledon Women's Tennis Open Final, Steffi Graf successfully defended her title, solid, eh, solidly beating Martina Navratilova, 6-2-6-7-6-1. And on the following day at the Men's Tennis Final, Boris Becker of Germany beat Sweden's Stefan Edberg, 6-0-7-6-6-4, for his third and last Wimbledon title. Tennis. What you gonna do? How do I get fucked up on solidly... Yet I can go right through Navratilova with no problem. Karma? It's <laughs> as good as answer as any, I guess. Yeah, hey. I guess that'll work. All right, so uh, take us out, Keyboard Joel. Nah, 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 nah. All right, for this episode, we watched Seinfeld. Yeah, did we even mention in the first part what our topic was? Yeah. Uh, it was part of the couch gag. It was part of it, yeah. We, we discussed it. Okay, good. Yes. That was a thing. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we talked about, we watched Seinfeld, and we compared it to comedians getting coffee in cars. Or comedians in cars getting coffee. There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, both created by Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, both had that kind of, like, um, show-about-nothing flow to it. Uh, I have my guilty confession on this is that i have not watched a lot of seinfeld so what'd you say prior to the show you'd seen about 10 episodes maybe yes and okay. now i have seen about 12 episodes because many of the ones that we said to watch i had already seen like the soup nazi i don't know uh, yes. i i never got into it so if you do not know in 1989 jerry seinfeld Came up with this show, uh, originally called, what, what did we say it was called? The Seinfeld Chronicles. The Seinfeld Chronicles. And they said, let's lose the and Chronicles and just call it Seinfeld and bring in a female lead, which was Julia Louise Dreyfus. And it went on for nine seasons and 180 episodes. Yeah, it was the biggest show anywhere. Yeah. Still, I think the uh, the biggest sitcom of all time. And they retired on top, you know. I mean, he turned down what, like, ten million an episode uh, to to just say no. I'm walking away, you know, before it gets bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and he's been offered to do other things since then too, and he refuses to do um, a, a true reunion outside of the more or less reunion that they were doing on uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. I figured we were going to talk about that at and some point. Yeah. He hasn't done any other shows since then, other than comedy specials. Mm -hmm. And a couple of documentaries. Well, honestly, what else does he need to do? This thing is in syndication for the rest of existence. Exactly. And he's literally a billionaire now. Is he? Is it that yep. much? He finally crossed over the line a, a couple years back, I think. Really? Wow. You Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to find out his net worth. Yeah, do that, because I'm, 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 I'm not 100% sure I'm right, but I think he did. Or don't talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. All right, so 
2019 Jerry Seinfeld's night net worth is $950 million. So he's close. And he makes roughly... Oh, you know what? He got he got divorced. That, yeah. Wow. So Rough. he lost some he lost some of it. Yeah. He he probably lost about 200 million in that divorce, I think. So he makes roughly 400 million dollars a year through syndication. Oof. Sounds about right. Because, yeah, you can almost never turn on the TV and not find a Seinfeld episode now, somewhere. To put this in to put this in frame of reference, Louis C.K. has an estimated net worth of $16 million behind... Well, it was probably a little bit higher a couple of years ago. Well, oh, yeah. But uh, Jeff Dunham, Russell Peters, Terry Fator, and Jerry Seinfeld are the ones ahead of him. Yeah, and Jerry's, Jerry's like the number one comedian in the world as far as money... And and you know what? He seems like a really nice guy. Like a genuine, yeah, like a genuinely decent guy, you know, nice guy. Yeah. I mean in 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 the in the show Seinfeld when I was watching the episodes, uh, Jerry in the TV show is a narcissistic kind of a doofus, just like the other three, but I think Jerry Seinfeld himself seems like a like a guy who I would actually not mind getting coffee with. Well, a fun fact of, uh, about Seinfeld, my mom, Twyla mom, hates this show because they're all narcissistic, self-absorbed New Yorkers. And she loves New York, but uh, yeah, she hates yeah, she hates the show. That's she's why it's under, great. She's never understood my fascination with it. There's a lot of things in, about you that I just don't understand, really. But it is my, my all-time favorite sitcom. All-time? Yep. And it's, not, it's not my favorite sitcom, but I think it's the number one best written sitcom of all time it's either mm. that or rest of development to me one of the two interesting yeah because it, it i enjoy seinfeld seinfeld and it probably doesn't crack my top five yeah i mean simpsons is my favorite sitcom of all time but if i had to like pick like like you know how like wizard of oz is my favorite movie but if you know my number one movie is godfather you know same thing with that's with, not with a this. comedy see and i'd put the simpsons in a different category i still call it a sitcom Anything that's got like you know within the half hour time block written to be a prime time show to make laughs, I think that's a situation comedy it's to me. It's a cartoon. That doesn't mean it's not a comedy. It's an adult cartoon. Why does it have to have its own category? Why do you need an adult cartoon category? I've got to categorize everything, Patrick. Shut up. I categorize a lot of shit, but I don't see the need to categorize that. Racist. <laughs> So's your face. <laughs> My facist. <laughs> I don't know what that what is. What the hell is happening? <laughs> I don't know. It's spelled F-A-C-I-S-T. Facist. Let them fight. <laughs> um, no matter who wins, we lose. <laughs> Hitler was a facist. God bless it. Um, I was I was going to say words after that. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what it was at that point. So we watched five shows. Correct. We asked uh, Patrick to choose five shows that he felt signified i guess the best or some of the um landmarks some of the most iconic moments of the of the show yeah. right so we watched the opposite the contest the puffy shirt the marine biologist and the soup nazi so season two episode 21 which is actually wrong it's season yeah. five is it it is yeah. uh, several oh. of these were wrong in your list uh, yes. well whatever you i mean well, we found them <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not that hard to find on Hulu. No, no. They're, no, they're not tough to find. But at the same time, I I went to the library and I literally checked out everything that had Seinfeld on it. 
So I own, I have literally every, ep, I have the entire series of Seinfeld sitting in my living room right now. Nice. Yeah. So in this one, George decides to turn his life around by doing the exact opposite of what he would usually do. Elaine is having a lot of bad luck. Jerry keeps breaking even. Kramer gets the coffee table book published. And goes on Regis and Kathy B. <laughs> you're 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 alive. You're a what does he say, Patrick? Um, you're a firecracker. He calls I, him something specific. Yeah, I, I don't remember what. what no, oh. I didn't actually get to watch this episode because when I didn't find it in season two, I just was like, eh, whatever. And I moved He's on. bonkers. Bonkers. <laughs> no, it was it was something else. It was like. Yeah, he said something initially when he came in, or he's like, "I just saw him in the in the green room, and he's very, he's something." And he said he called him a specific word, and I can't think of what it is now. Well, he called him a specific word, but it was a word that it's used. It it's just like in a uh, couple letters off. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird word. And then he he does the he spits coffee all over, uh, Kathy, Kathy Lee, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. Um, but so uh, this is the first time I've seen this episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I have regrets. What? Regrets about seeing it? No, I have regrets about not watching it earlier. I oh. actually, there's a lot of, I there's a lot of shows that I watch, and I don't, I mean, comedies that I just sort of do the exhale out of your nose real hard type of thing. This actually made me laugh. And the only other show that's out right now that has made me actually laugh has been stuff like um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, God, I love that show. Funny, funny stuff. Pineapple we- slut. <laughs> well, Obviously, this- it's the pineapple. <laughs> this is one of the shows that uh, between this and The Office, this is one of the other shows that I can uh, I, I watch anytime, anywhere, and I'll rewatch it. Yeah, and I, I it do- doesn't get old for me. These these shows never get old. Yeah, like you said, they never get old. The laughs, even though you know they're coming, they're still just as good because it's just so well written. And it's one of those things where, like, you think about something, and then later you think about another thing. Like you might be talking, and then you know later you f- realize, oh shit, that was from the same episode. You know, like like when I went to watch the Soup Nazi episode, I completely forgot the whole Schmoopy thing was from that episode. Yeah, the Schmoopy thing, and then they br- they introduced the the gay tough guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you have a problem <laughs> that comes back? Uh, a lot of the characters return. Um, well, it's like I, Pat, when I'm, uh, we were talking about it a little, little bit and I messaged you about in the soup Nazi where, um, Elaine pushes Kramer. Yeah. And it's just a, a little physical comedy bit, but I nearly did a spit take and I've seen it probably 10 times, but for whatever reason, it's, it's still just as funny to me. Is that the one where she knocks him down? Yeah. Through the, yeah. she knocks him through the swinging door. <laughs> And he's still talking to her while he's laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that I've met the soup Nazi? What? The real soup Nazi? Yeah. Nice. How? Like uh, when uh, my first podcast, when I did um, Tiki Geeks, we were at a 24-hour haunted um, flea market. Which is named Emil something or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we were literally across the aisle from the soup Nazi. It was like the soup Nazi... And next to him was some crypto uh, cryptozoologist, and next to him was uh, first Jason. Oh, so I got to meet the first the guy who played Jason oh, the first time. I remember you telling us this story during the one of the October episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got to meet him. He's a pretty cool guy. You know, he was like, you know, his whole I mean, his whole shtick is like, hey, 
I was in one episode of Seinfeld, one of the most huge uh, sitcoms ever made. Yeah, and catch one of the biggest catchphrases from it, too. Exactly, and I'm going to ride this out until I die. Yep. Which, you know, look what Jerry did with it. I mean, no reason why not to, you know? So, uh, the opposite... That that's that's the show that turns you around on the show. Oh, but you know, here here's the cool thing is that you when you go uh, and you see him, you can actually get a soup ladle autographed by him. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was in uh, two episodes. I thought he was a very uh-huh. cool guy. Well, well he came yeah. back for the finale. The finale that would be the other one. Yeah, I just was because I'm like I was thinking when you said that. Yeah, the finale and the soup nothing. Yeah, because they had a lot of the people come back that they had during the trial, but. Yeah, we'll talk about the finale before we go to break yeah, too. Yeah. Right, so like going going back to what I said, so this that's the show that kind of turned you around on this. The soup Nazi one? No, the opposite. You were yeah, saying. yeah. Well, it was the first. It was the first one that I watched, and I was like, I I watched it and I enjoyed it, and then I went to the contest, which I had heard about because everybody hears about that one, but I had never. I've I've only ever seen Seinfeld in little GIF clips or snippets. Or memes, I, or, or yeah, I've, I mean, yeah. Seinfeld to me is all in memes. That's crazy to me. Like you've never been waiting in a doctor's office or a mechanic's, because it seems like I watched a lot of it originally on the first run, but I think I, I've seen more of it just in random places around the world. I have yeah, not been to a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have never watched anything in a doctor's office recently because I haven't been to a doctor in like at least ten years. You might want to get that checked out. <laughs> I'm cool. It's cool. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think of the contest then? The contest was hilarious. Um, the of, of course, as everybody you know the, as said, when Kramer walks in and slaps the money on the table, he's like, "I'm out." <laughs> I I timed it. It was it was 57 seconds. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's such a short amount of time from the time from the leaves. moment his door shuts till the time he slams the money down. Dude, 57 I need, seconds. I need at least that much time to clean up. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, well, okay. well, he he comes molasses apparently. Ew. 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 Yeah, I kind of. It's all bitter. Kind of disturbed myself a little bit there. Got the old Ew. verbal kid dick. Comes out was like not. Ew. Gross. <laughs> We're going to coin that phrase. It's like molasses out of Joel's dick. <laughs> oh, let's, let's not coin let's, that phrase. Yeah, let's not. But no, the contest was hilarious. It really was. Because especially, <laughs> I mean, one of the points where I laughed the hardest is when Elaine is like, I'm in. And they're like, ah, no, no, you, you get, you have to, you know, we got better odds on you. Yeah. Type of thing. And everyone's like, ah, oh, you're a woman. You know, it's, it's, it was, it was very we funny. We have to. We thought you'd make it till at least the spring. <laughs> it was John, 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 John F. Kennedy Jr. Jr. That John was John a great what? scene too. When she's when the um when the girl behind the counter is talking to her about it, and she's like, "If you are messing with me, I will kill you." <laughs> no, it's it's. They they had a really hard time. Uh, Trying to figure out how to how to like insinuate masturbation without actually using the word, and that's why they came up with the, the with with you know, the, at, the, at the no at the last minute they came up with the, the George going master of my domain. No, 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 the whole the whole I was alone, <laughs> that whole thing, and then, and so everybody was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and what's funny about this show is uh, Jerry Seinfeld came up with this with Larry David. Um, and uh, a, lo- a lot of the stuff that happens in the show happened to Larry David. I mean, he is George, essentially, in the show. But a lot of these things, like the contest, they're like, well, where'd you come up with that idea? Is like, because we had a contest. <laughs> you know, these are things that he actually did in his I, real life. I had, I've had that contest with somebody before. This, this we, exact contest. We should do this contest. I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know if nowadays I could, I could do that. But I was, you know. You're like a serial masturbator. Not that you do it with cereal, but. Uh, not that I haven't. Not just cereal. What kind Correct of those. cereal? I mean, seriously, we need a little bit more. Uh... No, you don't. I'm going to tell you for your own benefit, you don't. So anyway, back to the episode. Um, I forgot how funny it was. I haven't seen this one in a while, and I just uh, <laughs> glamour <so> well magazine. <laughs> it's, it's like you could pay people to come watch you. <laughs> I want you to go see a psychiatrist. I'm not seeing a psychiatrist, ma. At six thirty, it's time for your sponge bath. <laughs> yeah, I want a sandwich. Oh, I was sleeping. <laughs> I'm hungry. There's so many, so many good, and and the whole, you know, cut to them sleeping or not sleeping, and <laughs> oh, that was a great way to 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 let people know whether or not they were still, you know, and, the, and that's let them know, and that's how you get the clue that is later uh, in in the final season given away that George cheated in the contest because at the end of it, um, he's sleeping too, even though he supposedly won. Yeah, because it's in the uh, where he's a hand model one, where he's like, I won a contest. Yep. And he and he confesses to have cheating, having cheated in the contest uh, when they think their plane's going to go down in in the second to the last episode of the series. Interesting little side note. Yeah, it all comes back around. Yep. The woman in this across the street. Street, street. Nothing nothing on. on, Nothing (laughs) on. Nothing on. That was. Meantime, I'm dating this virgin. There's a naked woman across the street. Something's got to give. <laughs> yeah, something's got to give. And and the virgin was from... Uh... Yeah, that was Jane Leaves from Fraser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she got the limo with John John. <laughs> that was such a good good ending to the episode that she, she lost her virginity to John F. Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, so the puffy shirt. Oh, my God. I don't want to be a pirate. That's... And that's one of the things that, that that's actually about Seinfeld is that there are there's a ton of catchphrases. Yeah, and quote, what do you think is the most quotable line? I would I would almost say no soup for you. Oh yeah, I guess that's the obvious one. Nah, what about yada yada yada? Ooh, that's a good one. Because um, I mean, actually, you go in there. Here's I've actually got a list of them. There's yada yada yada, no soup for you. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about <laughs> Not that. Not that there's one. anything wrong with that. Oh, uh, that's a, yeah, that might be the yeah. Go ahead. Festivus. Festivus for the Sponge worthy. Mm-hmm. Are you master of your domain? Which uh, I'm going to start working into my vernacular during the day. <laughs> because I personally feel that if I start asking people at business meetings, are you master of your domain? <laughs> uh double dipping. Regifter, close talker, low talker, man hands, serenity now, oh. <laughs> and shrinkage. Nice. That's a good list. So uh, one of the things is the lexicon of Seinfeldian code words and recurring phrases that has evolved around particular episodes is referred to as, ready for it? 
sign language. Oh. Uh, It's actually a book by Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) It's it's all about uh, um, the play on words of the the, uh, TV show. That's clever. Yeah. So, uh, Puffy Shirt. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I'll say Puffy Shirt. Pat, why did did you choose this one? Because... The whole the whole line of uh, George being a hand model, plus the whole you know the, it, it's just I thought it was a good showing of everybody's characteristics. Um, it's not really a very good Elaine episode, but it's a great George episode, and and Jerry gets to gets to do a lot of work with Kramer in this episode as well, and just the whole reveal of Jerry walking out with that shirt on, and then going and the whole like you know I think personally it's just one of the best tightest written shows of the of the whole run. How everything at the very end, all in that dressing room, all comes together in, in a big crescendo. Plus, you get the uh, the low talker, which mm-hmm. is something I've actually experienced in the within the past year. I experienced somebody that was a low talker, and I was like, well, it's yeah, a real yeah, yeah. And she even comes into play at the end too, because she's in the room, and finally, you know, <laughs> oh, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, everything ties together. The, it all ties together. The the scene that I liked the best out of this one had to been when George was at home taking care of his hands and his mom is like, I've always told everybody <laughs> you've that never you have, told you've that. never told that to me. <laughs> Any, yeah, that, that, I forgot about that one, too. Anything that has George's parents in it automatically makes an episode better. Yeah. Oh, God, uh, Jerry Stiller's awesome. He is, and his mom is a riot. The two of them... <laughs> What am I going to do with all these sandwiches? <laughs> what do you mean you don't eat bologna? <laughs> I got a joke for you. Save it for the stage. <laughs> that, and I, 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 I have regrets. I have regrets for not watching this show when it was out. I'm telling you, you got you to you go through the run. It's hysterical. Well, I, I can totally do it now because I have literally every Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> DVD that my library had sitting in my living room right now. It's a pen that rides upside it writes upside down, Jerry. Oh, Uncle Leo. Take the pen. But moving on to what is personally my favorite episode of the entire run. Marine, marine biologist. Yes. When we were setting this up, I mentioned that that was the one I was not familiar with. And I realized when I watched it, I had never seen it. Oh my oh, god! Wow, that's Burden. awesome. That it's like your first viewing. So, what do you think? Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, <laughs> anything where George gets caught up in a series of lies, yes, and always this, gold. This time, it wasn't even him that created the problem. It was Jerry, and he just went along with it. See, you know, that, I always wanted to pretend to be an architect. See, and <laughs> that's the thing that gets me is that he's like he could have just called her and said. Jerry's an idiot. Yeah, no, he's a comedian. He was just messing with you. He whatever. was just screwing with you, and I'm not really a marine biologist. <laughs> they're the heaviest land, they're the heaviest animal on earth, but they don't have to be. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> I forgot about that one. And then when he tells the story about getting the the golf ball out of the whale, I did see that coming. <laughs> The That's sea gr- was angry, my friend. <laughs> yeah, the sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. <laughs> it's just a great story. And I, I think I might have mentioned this to you guys, but I'll just say it for the show itself. Like That was a last-minute rewrite. They, they, they filmed a dry run like they always do, a rehearsal with a crowd. 
and and they had a different ending and it didn't really get that good of a laugh so they said all right let's go to the side and they they took like a literal hour larry david and and jerry and went off to the side and just wrote that model that whole monologue and they gave it to george and said can you memorize this in half an hour you know they gave it to jason alexander and he said yeah so he went off and memorized it came back and did and then did it in one take wow that's and amazing they, and they got the longest laugh break that they ever had in the whole run of the, the show that, when he pulled that when he pulled that golf ball out and showed it that i mean that that laugh break was real that was <laughs> i have to say that he his you have four comedians in this show that have amazing comedic timing timing yes. I, mean. I mean if they if they, they, they work so well together that's too. the thing is that they know i mean elaine with her pushes where she's continue, she's always like smacking them around right well there's a great episode you gotta watch where she meets three friends and she tries to like fight and they're, and they're all like replacements of everyone, oh, all yeah, three of them good one. and the first time she goes to shove one of them it, it, they're like they're like what is wrong with you and they, <laughs> get out <laughs> yeah they they all they all work well together they've all got their timing down so it's just it just it's it's almost flawless you know it just flows really well and they work you want these i stink (laughs) i only got one good one out there well and then don't forget you've also got carol kane in that episode oh god yep (laughs) oh she was so good i don't want to take away attention away from all the whores (laughs) (laughs) uh and that personal Whatever you call it, uh, Palm Pilot type thing. Organizer, yeah. Yeah. I had an organizer like that. Testikoff, the the author. (laughs) And and Kramer's always given them, you know, stuff that he gets that he doesn't want, and it's always junk. Like in the uh, the one I watched today, the outing where he gives Jerry the the two line phone, but whenever you switch the other line, you can still hear the conversation on the first line, or like when he gives or the the hat. Oh yeah, the hat that's. Turned uh, out to be rat hair. Yes. <laughs> or where he gives Elaine the the pocket, the Palm Pilot thing here, and it constantly won't stop beeping. Stuff he gets from Bob Sakamoto. <laughs> or he got it at a bank for opening a, a new account or whatever, and it's like... He said, howdy. Uh, Kramer. But yeah, that, 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 that's my favorite episode, because that, that little monologue at the end is so good. <laughs> I look directly into the eye of the great mammal, or the great fish, mammal, whatever. Vandalay Industries, say Vandalay Industries. <laughs> and that's my favorite joke from the whole thing. Like, and you want to be my latex salesman? <laughs> yeah, that's a great bit of timing there. Speaking of, <laughs> anything else to say about the marine biologist, Josh? Anything? No, I mean, like I said, I saw the ending coming with the uh, golf ball being what got the whale. Right. It's just perfect. Everything comes back together at the end, Seinfeld. And he had an amazing... The, the way he pulled the golf ball out of his coat. Yeah. It was... I mean, you can tell Jason Alexander, again, like we said before, he's got an amazing amount of uh, timing for the whole thing. I mean, it. I I don't laugh... Well, it's going to sound really sad. At this point in my life, I don't laugh out <laughs> loud often. But this one made me laugh. I'm telling you, you need some Seinfeld in your life. Watch that shit. That you I, I may. I may. I'm, I'm glad you, you've been converted and seen the light. So the Soup Nazi. <laughs> probably one of the most famous episodes of... Television. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. 
so Jambalaya. <laughs> this one I I had actually seen before and I had forgotten how much I had laughed on it. Especially when Elaine comes up with the when she's got the recipe and everything and how her swagger and that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're through. Next. <laughs> That's the last line. Uh so is this the fr- I I highly doubt it, but the three of you is this a first time you've seen this? Yeah, first time I ever saw it. No, what? No, you no, bullshit. No. <laughs> I watched this when it was uh, when it was first aired. Me and uh, the Mats used to get together and watch the episodes the nights that they were actually on. Um, so what do you like about this one? It's just a it's just an incredibly well written episode, and it's just. <sighs> I, I want to taste the soup. Like they make me believe that it tastes that good that I yeah. want to try it. When when Elaine takes that first bite, oh, I gotta sit down. Yeah, it, it makes me go, man. I really want to try this soup. I was the same way. Like even even watching it this time for like probably the sixth or eighth time I've seen this show, I, I was like, man, that soup. This sounds so good. Oh, jambalaya. <laughs> and and um. Just the whole way that they kind of tie everything together again. It's like Pat said. It's it's such a well written show. That, you know, it starts out with them going to get the the soup, but then she gets the armoire that gets stolen by the two uh, gay thugs. That then turns out that the uh, soup Nazi is friends with Kramer and gives him an armoire. He gives it to her because after she pissed him off, she tells him, uh, you know, it's just this this whole like <laughs> cacophony of of insanity that's all. And then, and then yeah, and together. you got the, in the meantime the whole schmoopy thing going on and. It, Schmoopy, 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 boopy. Who's got them arguing no, over who's schmoopier? <laughs> no, yeah, schmoopy. <laughs> and then so it all good. ends with uh, with him getting shut down. Well, essentially, yeah, giving closing up shop because now his recipes are out. Um, I'm going home to get a pot. <laughs> yeah, never knew when when he runs. <laughs> uh. You know, they they I, I heard several interviews where they talked about. Uh, Consistently, the funniest person on set was Wayne Knight. Newman. I could see that. Yeah. The one, the one who got the biggest laughs from everybody on a consistent basis was always him. So, uh, real quick before we go to break, uh, let, let's talk about the finale because it was pretty controversial. A lot. There's a lot of people on both sides of the fence on it. I'm one of them that's on the side of the fence. I loved the finale. I thought it was great. I loved seeing all the characters come back. I loved seeing them kind of get their comeuppance, and even though they got their comeuppance. They still didn't learn anything because that was one of the mottos of the whole show from the beginning is we're never going to learn anything. I mean, they ended the show with the same with one of the very same conversations they had in the pilot episode. Yes, talking exactly. about the placement of the button, proving that they just there's they never learned anything. Plus, it uh, they took their opportunity to bring back a bunch of the characters that have been in the show for the entire run, which is obviously so fun. You know, yeah, I don't know why people didn't like that. It was an hour of of just kind of revisiting everything, and then bringing everything back around full circle, you know. Uh, and that's that's one of the reasons I liked it. I mean, watching it as it aired, um, I didn't I didn't have any of the the I didn't feel anything negative about it. And I even after that, once I heard everybody else talking about how you know they disliked it, I was still like. I thought it was great. I mean, is it yeah. the best series finale ever? No, but I was I was surprised when I heard how much hatred there was for it because I, well, I I watched it live as well and I I, I liked it. I, I thought it it accomplished what it set out to do was to wrap up the series in a way that made sense. Um, that kept the con, you know the same tone and the same kind of consistency as as the entire run had. <laughs> and George is freak out when he thinks the plane's going down. I knew God would never let me be successful. I knew yeah. it. <laughs> uh. 
now I I know Mike hasn't seen it then I take it but Josh Oh yeah I saw it uh I think at that point I was a little over Seinfeld not that I am now but at the time that that was kind of my opinion on Seinfeld and that's so exactly I, why he he retired the show at that point he didn't want it he didn't want it to get stale you know Yeah and I get that cuz to me it kind of had and uh I watched it because it's like this is the end of a huge show that at one point meant something to me. And but it's by a the cultural event at that point, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was water cooler type stuff. But uh, it was more out of curiosity than like I was watching it every week at that point. I actually saw the uh, the finale. <laughs> really? Just, yeah, just because it. Well, I mean, just like Josh said, it's the final episode of an of a show that has been on forever, you know, I'm like, well, I guess I got to watch this. And you know what? The thing I did like about it is that the John Panette was in it. Mm -hmm. The guy who got mugged, who is one of my favorite. Well, I guess used to be uh, one of my, excuse me, one of my favorite comedians. Did he die? Oh yeah. He died a couple years ago. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, it, the, the problem I had, I had with it was, there were a lot of characters that I did not know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's why I find it funny that you watched that. Well, I mean, it was like, all right, well, it's the last episode. It's the last episode of Seinfeld. But you're I, not going to get so many of the jokes at that point because there's well, a lot of in jokes. And that's on. the thing is, like, by the, I mean, I did not expect that. I expected like, all right, well, I mean, this is the end of it. I wasn't expecting like all. Who are these people? Like, like you, I mean, you wouldn't even get that they're real and they're spectacular joke, you know, no, at yeah. all. You know, I have no idea what that means. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, of course, you're like, well, this is crap. Wait, 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 wait. Double back, double back. That's Terry Hatcher. Yes, yes that was Terry yep. Hatcher. Okay, so see, I know a little bit. Yeah, yeah but, but you don't know what the quote means, what it's, it's about. It's, it's what, about her boobs. Oh, okay, fine. I mean, because everything about Terry Hatcher is about her boobs. What? They're not that great. They're spectacular. Um, in the show, they are. <laughs> so, but yeah, I have, I have, I remember watching the finale while it was live. So, I mean, and, and again, it's one of those like I, I, I was like, oh, hey, the soup Nazi. He came to tell them that they need to go to prison. So, so him and Babu, Babu, <laughs> very bad man. Yeah, bad man, Jetty. Very, very bad man. See, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Bud. He had a restaurant that Jerry liked to go to, and uh, you know he was felt like he was doing something good because it was this guy's brand new restaurant, and there wasn't very he convinced many people him to turn coming. it into an all Afghani food restaurant okay. because he's like, there are no Afghani restaurants around here, and it it tanked. Yeah, it did. nobody wanted Af food, Afghani food. You're a very bad man, Jerry. Very, very. But he used to say, "You're a very good man, Jerry. You're very good." And he, Jerry, was like the only one that would come in there to eat. Hmm. Uh, and you know, they would sit there and talk, and and yeah, he convinced them to change it. And it, yeah. And there, and there was more to it, you know. That, that, and he appeared in a few episodes, and every time Jerry tried to do a favor for him, it would backfire, and he yeah. turned turned into an evil man to him because <laughs> every time he tried to help him, it would just blow up. It would make his life worse. Okay. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a recurring thing in the series is they were so bad at being good people when they tried the people that they tried to help. It, it really almost universally backfired. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, exactly. That was kind of the, the driving point of the finale was, you know, if you're in their world, bad things are going to happen to you. So we need to take these people and get them out of society. <laughs> 
Well, I think part of the thing was is that everybody knows somebody like Jerry, Elaine, George, or Kramer. I don't know if everybody knows somebody like George. I mean, that's it. I mean, well, I'm just we, we, say... all, we all know Pete Meridian, I guess. So, oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> God damn it. I got to write down that time so I can bleep that out. <laughs> Moving on. Any more to say about Seinfeld? I love it. Unabashedly. It, it just makes me happy whenever, whenever I put it on. It doesn't matter what else is going on. I'll just be happy for that, that half an hour, 12, 20. It was okay. Whatever. And I can, um, I mean, you, you can still quote, you know, most of the episode and you know what's coming and it doesn't take away from the funny. And that's the sign of good comedy. I, I will admit that while at the time I kind of turned my nose up at it, it, it's better than I ever gave it credit for. I'm still not as big a fan of it as you guys are, but I appreciate it more now than I did then. Yes. Well, there was an oversaturation of it, and most things yeah. that get that much press are not as good as this is. So, you know, what, the normal, uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction to be like, if it's that popular, it must be mediocre. It's understandable, but this, you know, this was worth the hype. I, this, was the, this was the LeBron James of sitcoms. Yeah, you're not selling me on that. I'm not a I LeBron agree with yeah. what you're saying, but I disagree with your analogy. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, the, the amount of hype it had was justified. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, he was the most hyped high school student ever. Is my point. That was the only reason. That was. All right, fine. We'll move on. No, no, no. I want you to explain yeah, yourself keep, more. Keep digging your grave. We're listening. No, he's the Kobe. This is the Kobe Bryant of sitcoms. Is that better? No, that's better for me. Who's right. Kobe Bryant? Oh my Jesus! <laughs> he's, he's he's the rapey <laughs> basketball player. Oh my! This is the yeah. Michael Jordan of sitcoms. There yeah. we go. I'm okay, important. I know that. Well, that makes the rest of development like the the Bill Russell of sitcoms. I, I understand that reference. I don't understand that reference. Is it the Len Bias of comics, comedy shows? No. You almost got a smoke take out of me right there. <laughs> that was a good pull. Len, fucking pull of Len Bias out of your All ass. All right, again. I'm calling the for. I'm calling the then. We're done. <laughs> okay. When when he brings up Len Bias. Yeah, that's it. We're done. All right. So, I yeah, like I said, we're done. We're going to be back in a little bit, and we're going to talk about comedians drinking caffeinated beverages. While, while driving around. While driving. Because that is the thing you do. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about getting coffee. In cars. With Jerry Seinfeld. With Jerry Seinfeld, yes. Comedians in cars getting coffee is not just a clever name. That's actually what they do. Literally. Yeah. He, he has so many connections that he decided, and so much money, he decided, fuck it, I'm just going to interview a whole bunch of famous people in most of the time a very expensive car, and I'm going to do what I like to do, which is get coffee, and we're just going to sit and shoot the shit. Well, and let's make a show out of it. One of his main things was is that he his favorite thing is 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 comedy, obviously, but he loves the science of it to dissect it down to its uh, kind of the elements most people don't think about. Before we move too much into this, have you guys seen that one? Uh, it's a show with him and Louis C.K. and Ricky Gervais and Chris Rock talking comedy. I've seen uh, quite a few documentaries, but do you remember which one? Uh, no, it, it's just, it's literally just the four of them sitting in chairs face to face. Discussing comedy. No, no. It's I highly recommend it. I can't remember the name of it, but look it up. It's it's like forty five minutes long and it's fascinating. 
don't tell me to find something and then tell me to look it up myself. He's going to have to Google through that. <laughs> it's not how you use the phrase, Joe. Go Google, go Google, Google ninja, it, ninja it. Ninja. Ninja, yes. Ninja, yes. I don't understand how you've never heard the phrase Google Foo in your life before. It, it's near to me. Well, he, does, he doesn't spend much time on the internet. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm hardly ever on there. He spends his whole time reading uh, magazines. <laughs> reading Nancy Drew books. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, first yeah. Wait, he wrote I, Nancy Drew? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Alexander Dumas. So I picked five episodes of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee for us to watch. Um, well, the first one was uh, season one episode. Uh, I, I thought these five episodes kind of represented a good gamut of the people he interviews. Yeah, it's a good cross-section. Yeah, gr- nice cross-section. Yeah, the first one was season one, episode 12, uh, Tina Fey. They drove around in a 1967 Volvo 1800S. With the funky little seat belts. Yeah, right? <laughs> it clipped down with little bar clips. Little eye hooks. Um... I really enjoyed this episode. Just in general, I, I think that uh, it's fun to see him in non-scripted work f- just off the kick. That's that's a treat. And it's about cars, but at a level where me who like I like cars very casually. It has the right amount of cars like Top Gear. Too much car. Well, and when he explains it, he picks a car based on the person that he's got on the show. So he ties it in with them. And when he talks about it, you know, sometimes he'll even say, you know, if you know what that means. And most people don't, you know, like he's he understands that the people that are watching aren't necessarily watching it just for the cars. They're watching it for him um, or the person he has on. Mm. But he loves it. Show It shows that he loves cars. He's got a passion for it. And uh, like I said, it's it's just the right amount of information about the cars. Mm-hmm. But primarily, you know, it's it's him dissecting comedy with other comedians 90 percent of the time. Well, I think the other 20 or 10, what did you say? 10%. 10% is the fact that the the comedy circuit is so close that he's just catching up with old friends. And, and one of the things about, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much you guys get into stand-up comedy, but I'm nuts about it. And I know a lot of the back, I watch a lot of the back, behind the scenes stuff in the interviews. And one of the things about being a stand-up comedian is there's almost like a, a long rite of passage you're supposed to go through where you work the, you know, you, you go, you go from club to club working three, four sets a night, you know, polishing your material, grinding it out for 40, $50 a set and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and if you've paid your dues in that way, then you've earned your stripes kind of thing. And they respect you. Whereas like a guy like, like, um, um, Oh God, suddenly I can't think of his name. Um, Dane cook. Dane Cook, thank you. Like a guy like Dane Cook who shoots through the ranks so fast that he's selling stadiums before he's ever had to grind it out. You know, there there was a lot of resentment towards that, and that, you know, I mean, you see it to this day in things where even though he's buried the hatch with hatchet with a lot of people, he still doesn't get invited on to you know comedians and cars, for instance. So yeah, they're they're a very tight knit community because they've all gone through the grind together. Well, and he's pulling people that he respects, um, whether they're you know somebody new like a like a, a Trevor Noah, or he's pulling people you know that he looks up to, like uh, um, the Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner episode, or um, who was the other one I had on the older oh with the Steve Martin one I was watching earlier today, and you know and that's somebody that he he loves you know he looks up to in a big way, um, 
and it's just kind of nice to see him fanboy a bit. Right. Yeah. Those are the best episodes to me. I, you know, where he gets to interview people that you can just tell he really respects and really looks up to, you know, the icons. Cause and the he, only reason I didn't pick the Mel Brooks Carl Reiner one was because it kind of broke the uh, tradition of the episode. You know, uh, you know, it broke format for his show, so I figured it wasn't you know an iconic show to pick. Yeah, it's basically basically Jerry Seinfeld in a car who stops at Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner's to have dinner right. and talk and watch TV. <laughs> Mel, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner in their living room hanging out with Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, which is cool enough on its own, but it's not exactly you know the concept of the show. Right. <laughs> definitely not um but this this was a a a good solid episode you could tell that they kind of came from the same school of thought and they're both you know have families uh they're married you know they they have a lot of the same kind of uh uh experiences and you know it's just like two friends getting together and that's one of the things i love about the show is that the people he's close with you feel like you're a part of that and the people that he's meeting for the first time that he doesn't know very well you're getting to know them just as he is too and it's very genuine. And it's always great when somebody gets him to do a real genuine laugh. Because yes. you, you can kind of tell when when he's, you know, just giving somebody a courtesy laugh and when he, somebody really catches him. You know. Well, like um, the Will Ferrell was another one that I, I watched again just on my own this week. And Will Ferrell general, genuinely makes him lose it for whatever reason. Well, yeah, the, the Tina Fey, like I said, Tina Fey episode, just really, really good, you know, and she's just so well-spoken and, and just such a, She's just so fun. She just seems like she'd be so much fun to hang out with. She, not like it, not like in a party girl kind of fun. Just like you know, she'd be snarky and bitchy and funny. And you know, I have a crush on Tina Fey. So, well, there you go. Yeah. So I'm kind of biased. Well, she's smart and funny and, and not bad looking. So yeah. Yeah. That's natural. Cute. You know, cute is in my wheelhouse. So. Yeah. Um, I I kept watching this. And I watched the one with uh, Norm Macdonald. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I love yeah, that's a good one. And I have to say, I I love Norm Macdonald. He yeah. is quite possibly one of my favorite stand-up comedians. He is very, very quick and very sharp, but he's not everybody's cup of tea. No, yeah, I personally I like his voice work. I don't like his stand-up. His have you watched his uh, uh, his show? Uh, I don't think I have. Yeah, Which it, one? He he has the Norm at Night or something like that. Oh, the one he's on now? Yeah. 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 It's it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got a great. Um, His delivery is is great. And, and that that's the thing about him. It's like he knows, and, and he and his vernacular for it is ridiculous. Also. Yeah, he's got a great vocabulary, and his delivery is great. He knows how to. You know, he knows the value of silence and comedy. Mm-hmm. Like his whole World War II sketch. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the the second episode I, I picked out for us to watch was the Patton Oswalt episode from season three, episode five. They drove around in a 1981 DeLorean DMC-12 until that broke down. <laughs> and they had to call an Uber. <laughs> and they called an Uber where they drove a 2012 Honda Accord SE sedan. I love when the Uber pulls up and all of a sudden they reintroduce the car again <laughs> yep. and the driver. <laughs> but very much in a in a uh, in a symbol of Patton Oswalt, yeah, you know, the, the car breaks down. <laughs> yeah, it's nerdy. It's broken down. Like it was the perfect car. Yep. <laughs> and it's so funny. He's like, you have a second DeLorean. I was like, I think that's kind of what the key to having a DeLorean is you need to have a backup DeLorean. <laughs> 
But yeah, Patton Oswalt is uh, one of my favorite stand-up comedians and just one of my favorite people right now on Earth. Um, I, I like everything he does. I like his viewpoints on a lot of things. I just like him as a person, as a comedian and everything. And it's just, you know, it, it's just a nice, nice to watch him and, and Jerry interact. He just seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah. You know, and he's using his, his celebrity for good. And he, he's trying to, he, well, he's not necessarily trying to affect change, but he's using it in a way that is sending a very positive message and um, doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that, that pulls any punches. You know, he's not trying to be anybody but himself. And I like that. And, and this episode, you know, just added to that for me. And his cameo in Parks and Rec is something you should definitely look up online if you haven't seen it. When he was asked what his favorite superhero was, and it just took him forever. He was agonizing over the decision. It <laughs> cracked up Jerry so much. I was like, this is the perfect Patton Oswalt bit right here. Yep. <laughs> like, I, my child asked me if I believed in God the other day, and I didn't pause this long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was you know, just, a, just a solid episode. And then he, uh, the next episode I picked was uh, season four, episode six, Larry David. Of course I did, because, you know, you got to watch Larry David hang out with Jer- Jerry Seinfeld. Well, they drove around. Sense. Exactly. And they drove around in a 1952 VW bug orange with the greatest turn signals you've ever seen. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and it's got the split window in the back, which is right. A, yeah. I mean, it's just especially with Volkswagen. It's one of those crazy things that you don't really notice that. The, I mean, the entirety of the rest of the car is standard, but that split window adds twenty thousand dollars to the value. Yeah, it was just a, a a small run of it, and they did that with a couple cars, but yeah. And I, I kept noticing every time they did an exterior shot of the car how tiny the tires were. Really? They were like little fake rubber tires. But yeah, um, Larry David. Uh, the the one observation you know that he makes at one point is like, you know, nobody's better at just wasting time as they're just standing outside the building for who knows how many minutes they haven't even gotten in the car yet. And we're already a third of the way through the episode. <laughs> well, and it reminds me of um, the, the episodes where Jerry and, and George kind of bringing it back around are writing the sitcom for NBC. And they're doing the exact same thing that I imagined happened with Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld when they were trying to write Seinfeld, <laughs> you know, just wasting time and like, Oh crap, what are we, we've just spent, you know, two hours doing nothing. What do we do now? You know, um, we got to eat. <laughs> And it just it once again it, it kind of reiterates that Larry David was is who he is, you know. Um, he is kind of the character from Kirby Enthusiasm <laughs> and George. And the whole the whole scene where he's like Larry David is gonna eat a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> People do this every day. <laughs> uh, Larry David has just got this master of he's a master of uh, almost casual. I don't want to say insincerity. But, like, you can never tell whether he's fucking with you or not. <laughs> right? He's very Mark McCooey in that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of ours from college, for those of you that don't know, did that same thing all the time. You could never tell when he was being serious and when he was fucking with you. Well, and it seems like he, he's he got an air of he doesn't give a fuck, but he really he really does. Like, like he doesn't care what anybody else thinks of him, but he, he does. Right. He doesn't uh, have to, but he's so, he totally does. Yeah. He's an interesting character, and, and he's very charismatic and fun to watch, which is why I liked Kirby Enthusiasm so much. But, you know, that's a, a kind of a hyper-realistic version of who he is, but it's still he's still that character. And you see a lot of that come out in this episode. 
Um, but again, it's like, I think we had talked about previously, um, you get him Jerry together with somebody that, that he's known for a long time. And you feel like you're kind of in this intimate conversation between two old friends and you're part of it. And, uh, that this was one of those episodes that was, was really heavily like that. Um, What'd I'd like think to it? think with most podcasts and hopefully ours, that that's kind of the, like, you feel like you're a part of the friendship. Like you get in on these conversations that uh, normally you wouldn't. And all you got to do is call in and leave us a voicemail. If you want to be insulted, <laughs> just like everybody else. <laughs> 708 now rap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll insult the hell out of you. I don't care. Trust me. You get used to it after a while. <laughs> Uh, Stopped birding after about 20 years. <laughs> I'm still in therapy. <laughs> Shut up, fuckers. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Moving on, next episode I picked because, uh, well, I kind of had to, uh, seeing as he just passed recently. I thought it was a nice tribute to go to season four, episode 14. Bob Einstein, the first repeat guest on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, when they drove around in Jerry's brand new 2017 Acura NSX one of the promotional cars that they wrote a commercial together for four years earlier. Bob Einstein, for not, those who aren't familiar, a uh, Kirby Enthusiasm regular and formerly Super Dave. Super Dave. And a very funny man. Recently passed away. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. just in January. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like within two weeks. Sad. And and you know what was frustrating? It's like I, I heard about the news on the way into work, and I came in like, oh, Super Dave Osborne died. And they're all like, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, poor but Dave. I mean, if, unless you were a kid of the, the 80s, you know. you. Yeah, unless you watched, what was John, uh, John Biner's Bizarre? That was the that was the um, HBO show that I remember watching it on. But yeah, sad. But another, another great episode where, again, you've got these two guys that are old friends. And <laughs> there's the whole back and forth through the whole episode about whether or not he's going to give him the car like he told him he would. And he shows up with the bow on it. <laughs> Are you going to give it to me? He's like, well. <laughs> uh, and th- that's another instance where they're at that deli and they get those sandwiches. And I wanted the sandwich. Yeah. This is the best sandwich I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Really the scene, the scene when he's when he's talking about the death of his father and oh all this God. stuff, but he's and Jerry just said, "Did we get that?" <laughs> it's like I you, just tell this story. Like, you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> what are you doing? Could you? Like, I'm pouring my heart out here. I'm practically crying, and you're over there. Hey, did we? Is the lighting good? Did we <laughs> Could you have picked a, a, a louder restaurant for us to go to? Right. Uh. Yeah, now, but he, I mean, that's one of the best things about Bob Einstein. He's a real ball buster. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's 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 in the same vein as Larry David, just a bit more, more so. What were you gonna say, Mike? Sorry. No, I was gonna ask, what do you think about the way uh, how Jerry Seinfeld has changed over the years? Well, he, obviously, he's um, he's gotten a little more mellow because, I mean. Even though he has, uh, he, he claims he doesn't really do much with his children. I think it's, I think it's probably a joke. Um, yeah. I think his children have have mellowed out his sharp edges mm-hmm. quite a bit. And he was never really um, a kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Edgy. Yeah, he was never an edgy comedian. I mean, he's always worked pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and his material is is uh, well it's it's uh, they've said observational humor um so you know to say he's kind of mellowed out and softened his edges is <laughs> but i mean i mean in the fact of like he he's he's much more he used to be much more standoffish and and much more like don't approach me in his personal life and it just seems like now he's much you know i mean he's doing the show when he's just kind of showing you know that he's just going to be more more into hollywood and more into the scene because once he was done with seinfeld as he said in the tina fey episode once he was done with seinfeld he didn't want to do anything else he's like he i mean he almost pulled the letterman and just pulled himself out of you know everything i mean everybody else was doing their own shows and he's just like no i'm just gonna be over here having my family yeah i mean everybody did their own shows and they all crashed and burned yeah but, I mean, they wanted to try something, and he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Although you could, I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, once she got onto Veep, I, I would say that she kind of broke that. Well, I mean, New Adventures was a pretty successful show. That got to 100 episodes. I mean, compared to Michael Richards or Jason Alexander, she was the most successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And we all know what happened to poor Michael Richards. Yeah, which well, it's kind of hard to say. Poor Michael Richards, but poor Kramer. <laughs> that, that episode, <laughs> Michael Richards yeah. sullied Kramer's name. That that episode of Comedians in Cars was a really really good episode, but kind of sad. Yeah, it was very maudlin, for lack of a better word. But I think Jerry, once he got the uh, the success of the show, and he decided to pull himself out of it, and he's making money hand over fist, he. He, this this show essentially is just him doing what he wants to do, mm-hmm. and he's kind of saying, "Look, I've retired from anything other than you know the occasional stand up thing, and I just want to hang out with my friends. And you know, if I can turn it into something, you know, so be it. And it gives him a chance to uh, do what he loves to do and kind of share that with everybody else. And I'm glad he did because this this is one of those things that you know I'll watch it sometimes if I'm at work and. Uh, I'm on my lunch break. I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like anything else. I'll put on an episode of Comedians in Cars. It's and it's it, a good one to have in the background. Yeah. yeah, it's just a it's just an enjoyable little you know 17 minutes out of your day. Um, and the Bob Einstein, they did that on a couple of episodes, and on this one they had the extra bit at the end where they have uh, the old documentary where they tell the story about what happened to his dad. And I was watching that and just thinking about how sad it is. And if they made that show today, they'd be talking about Bob Einstein dying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But moving on from that sadness to the last show we picked, (laughs) uh, season five, episode three, the very bubbly and vivacious Ellen DeGeneres. And they drove around in a 1997 Toyota FJ40 Land Cruiser. That looks like a Tonka truck, (laughs) as they said. And she taught him a lesson about leaving keys in your cars. She is just a legitimately really funny person. Yes. And she's another one that has used her celebrity for some positive, um, especially her talk show. I mean, I don't know that it was intentionally. That's what she set out to do initially. Maybe it was. But um, she could have handled things a lot differently with what happened with her career there for a while. And she's turned it around and become just this positive force. And... uh, she's loved by millions now and you could tell that she's her heart's in the right place you know and she seems to be a genuinely good person yeah yeah from the beginning of her career you could get a little bit of that how much she wanted to be liked and uh i went back and listened to some of her old stand-up and uh first time she was on carson in that blue shirt oh my god (laughs) (laughs) go ahead yeah just 
she's even funnier than I remembered. She's got great delivery. And I think for a while there in Hollywood, they weren't quite sure what to do with her. Um, well, they kept trying to do romantic comedies with her, and it's like I don't know, I don't know why it never worked, but it just didn't. It it just didn't fit her her format, her style. She needs to either be doing stand up or needs to be in a kind of a one on one situation um, where she can be more of herself. Because in the scripted stuff, she tends to kind of get lost in the 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 script. But when she's just being herself and being candid and and letting her humor kind of come through, that's when it, it works. She's too clever and too good at improv to be confined to a script. Yeah, exactly. And again, they were trying to peg her in a way that uh, um, just wasn't who she was, and I don't think she felt comfortable in that. But so. but this was this was you know just this is why I picked it you know just another really good episode, and this was it was fun because I mean about three times she got a genuinely good belly laugh out of Jerry. Mm-hmm. What she was talking about feeding the goose pate to make pate. Oh God, yeah. I lost it. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a genuinely funny person. I, and and I think one of the reasons I like her so much is because she's great at that callback style of humor, which is like one of the things that I love to do. Yeah. Plus, how she told about how you know her twenty-three-year-old girlfriend passed away, and she used that. Um, as a way to to kind of work through it in her comedy and that ultimately kind of became her her uh entry yeah her gateway um to becoming you know something more well and you see this in a lot of the entertainment now that's talking about comedians about how much comedy is about channeling pain uh i don't know if you guys have ever seen any of the marvelous mrs Maisel. i haven't it's on my list but yeah, there's there's a lot about that in there. There's a lot about that in uh, Louis's show about Definitely. how uh, any or even the big sick with Kumail, like how bad things happen to people and how they work through their own screwed up lives is they get it all out there on stage and make people laugh. Well, I've heard that about Patton Oswalt's last special that was Annihilation. Yeah. Um, where it's he talks no about the passing of his wife, apparently. Um, yeah. And it's just an amazing, an amazing set. And I, it's again, it's something else that's on my list to see, but um, yeah. And again, that's one of the reasons I love the show is that he dissects comedy in a way that I never thought of it before. And um, it's fascinating to, to watch and to kind of think about it in those terms about, you know, the beats and the rhythm and the, you know, how it's almost like a, a musical type of um, medium. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing him talk about it. And uh, Yeah. Anyway, so we have anything else to say about comedians in cars getting coffee? I drink Lavazza coffee now after season five. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I drink. It's good. It's good stuff. No, I guess not. We're going to go to thumbs up for both. Do we need to go to thumbs up for Seinfeld and for comedians in cars? Well, I think the big question was Mike, and it uh, looks like uh, he's come around on us. So Yeah, what I, a- I definitely, like I said, I and Joel has commented before that it my viewing and watching and background of things of media has always been kind of like my own thing. I've never been mainstream and I don't think it's because I'm attempting to do it. I just think it just winds up that way, but I really enjoyed Seinfeld and considering the fact that I have the entire nine year series sitting on my coffee table in the living room right now, I may catch up on that. (laughs) 
I think that I, you just need to come on you need to come into things on your own terms. And, you know, this kind of was your chance to kind of come back to it. And it's no longer the the water cooler pop culture phenomenon anymore. And so, you know, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it, too, because I'm, I'm glad you found it. You're, re- you're really going to like it. Cool. And for uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, well, you're getting coffee, so I'm halfway there. <laughs> so you've got half a thumbs up for me on that one. And you also like comedians, so I think I, you know, I do. So that's I think is seventy five percent of it right there. But I what I liked about the whole thing is that the genuineness of Seinfeld interacting with these people is that yeah, he, he definitely doesn't feel fake for sure. Right. That's that's the thing. Is like I've seen so many things like hey we got so and so meeting so and so today, and you can tell that these two people have never interacted before in their life. But like the one with Tina Fey. You know, there was a camaraderie there. They're yep. referring to people as, as by their first name. They're commenting about things that they've shared. I you can, you can tell they've been to dinner parties before. Right, each other or right. You you, know, you yeah. can tell that they've they've been through it before, and there is a I, I, I don't want to say camaraderie again, but but there's there's a different there's a different uh, undertone or patter or whatever to your conversations if you've only spoken to someone on camera right if, if you've never had an actual conversation with somebody face to face off camera and like been your true self then you know there's a different feeling to the conversations mm-hmm. no and i and i loved it and the other side of things is i love classic cars so i mean like the volvo that he drove around with in tina fey with tina fey and even the uh, land cruiser is the, I, I really enjoyed him talking about those cars. So I, I give it a thumbs up on both of them. Nice. Well, and I think the, the three of us are all thumbs up for sure. Yeah. I don't think that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for Josh to be like, fuck you, thumbs down. <laughs> uh, so what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Uh, yes, we are going to uh, be taking a trip to the lighter side and the darker side with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Excellent. If there is an episode of either Seinfeld or Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee that you're a little disappointed we didn't talk about, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah. And uh, like we said before, if you're looking for our older stuff, you can find us at uh, iTunes, Blu-ray, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, Podchaser, and iHeartRadio. Yeah. Find that us. all of them? That pretty much, man. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've hoard us out all over the place. <laughs> like you said before, if you can't find us, you ain't trying. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a call. Leave us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. We like to hear from you guys and really kind of directs where we're going with the next shows. Ask for an insult. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Send an email. Pat will email you a verbal insult that you can use as a ringtone. <laughs> dude that's a good idea <laughs> alright well uh, thanks for listening and uh, we will be back next week maybe she told yeah. me she needs at least one more eyeball for her seven eyeball soup throne. <laughs>
Well, yeah. I mean, everybody knows that. Which... Right. If you only have six eyeballs, what are you going to do with that? It's exactly. not a throne. It's barely a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what is this, a chair for peasants? <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Six eyeballs, that's just a pile of eyeballs. Seven, <laughs> at the throne. Now you got something going on.